I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Jane Monheit joins me now. The acclaimed, popular, and best-selling pop jazz vocalist is a new album out, Come What May. It not only celebrates her 20th year as a recording artist, but it's a marvelous showcase of some of the songs in her repertoire, songs that have gained her a tremendous following and that have made her a sought-after concert performer throughout the United States and around the world. I'll ask Ms. Monheit about uh, how this album was recorded over the past year, as well as what it's been like for her, someone who's made their living in front of audiences. The album opens with I Believe in You, done in her inimitable way. Other songs include Lush Life, Let's Face the Music and Dance, Samba do Aveo, The Nearness of You, My Funny Valentine, and more. I'll ask Jane about her career thus far, as well as how she works with her arrangers and accompanying musicians. Visit janemonheitonline.com. This new album is from Club 44 Records. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Jane Monheit. Ms. Monheit, good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for joining us. So, so there are um, songs on the album that sound um, as though you're, you're so comfortable with them. Um, I guess that comes from um, the fact that you've been performing them over the years. I mean, a lot of these songs are, are ones that you perform regularly in concert. Is that right? Yes, and that was the answer to a big pandemic problem. You know, how do we make an album incredibly quickly with no rehearsal? So we're spending very little time together. So I had a group of songs that were unrecorded, you know, that we've been playing on the road the last few years, and, you know, they were dying to be on an album. And so that's what I made the record out of, and it worked out great. And so I've, you know, been reading that this is the first album in five years, um, and until COVID, I guess you you were you busy touring. That's why you didn't put out a new album. Is that right? Yeah, I I've basically been on the road nonstop for over twenty years now. Mm. You know, so COVID put a big stop to that. Although I've already had two road dates now this past month, so it's starting up again. But it was a perfect time to make a record, and I had just come in contact with my new label, Club Forty Four. So the timing was just perfect all around. What's it been like the last year or so, Jane, without traveling? I mean, without the chance for, say, audiences to get together. Um, has that been tough for, as a performer? Oh, definitely, yeah. It's a very strange feeling to not, you know, because it's more than just my job. It's like my calling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to suddenly have that removed from my life was very, very strange. You know, thank goodness for online performing. That really, you know, kept us going not only financially, but it was just great for our souls, you know what I mean? But honestly, I got to spend a solid year without ever leaving my child, and that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? I'll, yeah, I'll bet, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you still sing, though, every day? Around the house, yeah, definitely I sing around the house. And I teach quite a bit, you know, so um, lessons always have me singing and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I'm playing music around the house all the time, so I, I'm singing along and stuff. I've always wondered that this that we're about the same age. Is this music? Is this um, the sort of music that you perform? Is is this music that you've always loved? Say even as a kid. Oh yeah, I was born with it. I was born into this music. I heard it every day of my life, all day long. Um, was just raised in it. You know what I mean by my family who loves this music, and so I had quite an education, you know, in jazz from the time I was born. Yeah, and and it's still music that you listen to today. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm always sort of complaining that I can't find enough standards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you 
know what I mean? I'm like, where's more singers singing standards on the radio? You know. <laughs> this um, has, uh, brings up a good point in terms of, of um, you know, you mentioned a moment ago that it's not a job, it's a calling. Um, do you feel a certain responsibility carrying on the traditions of this music? I mean, people are vintage, Jane. We don't make up the, the big percentage of fans say, or, or audiences and, and, you know, audiences in general getting older. Do, do you think, mm-hmm. uh, how, how does the future look? I mean, will there, will there still be a demand for this stuff, say, down the line? I think there, there always will be for jazz because jazz never stops growing. But for my particular little niche, the Great American Songbook, you know, I think it's a different thing. I think it's more that these songs are rooted in such tradition. They're so classic that they'll stay eternal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No one's ever going to get tired of Frank Sinatra singing Fly Me to the Moon. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's eternal. So I think a, at least a, a small audience will always remain. Did you see in your teaching um, young people um, who, who might? Loads of them. Yeah. So many amazing young singers coming up behind us right now so the future is in very good hands as long as there are listeners for it the thing i've noticed about your work and listening to your albums over the last 20 years or so jane is is that you have such a unique relationship to the music and the lyric um it's as though you're one with each of them i mean I, i listen to ella fitzgerald and it's clear you know even when she forgot the words um she was so you know in tune with the music then you know on the other side, I listen to Mabel Mercer or Sinatra, and you know it, it, it's obvious that they're interpreting the lyric. But you seem to do all at once. What's it like in your head when, as you're performing? Well, you know, usually, um, to be completely honest, I'm like totally an emotional wreck while I'm singing. You know, I get so into the lyrics that uh-huh. um, it becomes you know, sometimes overwhelming. And then on the happy songs, it's the same thing. Like, my joy is just it become it all feels so real, you know what I mean. Everything I'm singing at the moment is like my reality, you know. And then you know the musical side of things. You know, I was an instrumentalist for years, married to a drummer. You know that that whole part of life is important to me as well. You know what I mean. I think if I didn't, if I couldn't sing anymore tomorrow, I'd probably want to learn to play the drums. Yeah. You know what I mean. So um, it, it's just. Oh, I can't explain it. It's just all a huge part of who I am. And, and, and when I'm in the middle of singing a tune, it's like everything I am. Yeah, there are very few few performers who do that uh, as well as you do because it it really does. I mean, it's all one thing as we're listening to it. Um, does acting play a part too? It has to sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you're a performer and the show must go on. And sometimes, like, Something bad has happened that day. You're not in the mood. Something went wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. it was a rough day with travel or whatever. And you have to, you know, pull your boots on and, and, and get on stage and, and make it happen. You know what I mean? And then sometimes you really do need to, like, you know, act a little bit until, like, you fake it till you make it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then the music takes over and you're fine, you know. You uh, on this album, there there are a number of songs that, that we we've associated with with Judy Garland over the years. Um, I realized as I was listening to you um, how underrated she was as a singer because she's largely known as an actress, of even a celebrity. Um, she is overlooked as a singer, isn't she? Well, you know, 
I think that there are a lot of aspects of her singing that are really overlooked. You know what I mean? Like everyone just kind of focuses on the one thing when they do land on it. I mean, first they remember her for all the wrong reasons, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when they get to her voice, you know, they just focus on the the volume, the drama, the, the huge richness of her instrument. You know what I mean? And they don't notice that she totally could swing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure she would have been a great improviser if she would have chosen that road. I think she could have been one of the greatest jazz singers of all time if she had chosen that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 we talked about lyrics a moment ago. Um, Lush Life, for example, on, on this album is, is such a beautiful record. Um, do lyrics take on new meaning over the years? I mean, you, you obviously could have performed Lush Life 20 years ago, but I, but I, I would suspect that um, the lyrics take on a different meaning now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I probably sang Lush Life a lot in college before I realized I was too young to do it. <laughs> and then, really, and then once I reached my 20s, I quit it, you know what I mean, and realized, you know, it was important to sing music. You know, once people are listening... You need to sing songs that are meaningful and appropriate for you and sincere and honest. And so, like, a 20-year-old singing Lush Life is either completely fake or the most tragic thing any one of us will ever experience. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let's pray that there are no 20-year-olds that can sing Lush Life. Let's just hope <laughs> that they're all fine. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, to sing it at 43 is a, is a very different experience, and I've certainly lived quite a bit by now and uh, definitely have... A, a worldview that includes that tune, you know. So there's songs here that we all recognize. One song that I think a lot of people might get confused with is When a Woman Loves a Man. They think it's a Percy Sledge song, but but this is obviously yeah. something that, that, that this is a different one altogether, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a completely different tune. Um, it's sort of like a classic Billie Holiday moment, honestly. is kind of the most famous version, I think, yeah. although there's a beautiful Ella version as well. But it's just a beautiful song about, you know, being in love with somebody that isn't that great for you, but you kind of, you can't help yourself, you know. Um, the, the, the album opens with I Believe in You from, from How to Succeed in uh, Business Without Really Trying. Um, I, I want to know about arranging music, um, because it's, it's such a wonderful arrangement. Um, what's yeah. your relationship in terms of, of um, how the song sounds? Does uh, I understand that you've been with your arranger for a number of years now. Um, does he uh, give it to you all done up, or, or, or do you suggest things? How, how does it work? Well, I have a couple people that arrange for me, and this one in particular was written by my bass player, Neil Miner, um, mm. who has arranged a lot of swingers for me, um, a lot of great sort of um, really uplifting, you know, mid-tempo kind of moments like I Believe in You. He's great at it. It's like his bread and butter is writing these, like, adorable, like, mid-century sounding vocal charts. You know what I mean? It's just killing. And so I knew that was exactly what I wanted for this tune, so I went to him. And it's like, I give them keys, I give them tempos, I give them backstories. I tell them what instrumentation I want. I tell them, you know what I mean? It's mm. like, but at a certain point, they're also my best friends, and I know what they do, and they know what I want, and we're psychically linked, and that, that happens. You know what I mean? So... There's just, like, this huge amount of trust between everybody, you know what I mean? Like, I can, they can write a chart for me in their sleep, but then if there's something I don't like about it, they don't mind if I want to change it. And, you know, it's just a beautiful relationship. And then the, 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 uh, the another um, song, uh, 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 recording on the album that I just love is, is the, uh, 
the marriage of um, on the sunny side of the street and get happy. Um, how how do you know to put those two songs together? It works so well that it, it just seems obvious, you know, in retrospect. But whose idea was that? That was mine. Um, but to be honest, I can't remember where I got the idea because I've had I've done that medley for probably almost eh, eight years or so, and I can't remember <laughs> what made me think of it. But it still works so well. Um, it's just the cutest thing, and it's just you know. I thought we needed an uplifting moment in the album, and that medley was just the perfect thing yeah. to throw in. It actually is from my uh, Judy Garland show that I toured for many years. Not, ah, maybe two two years all around the world. Yeah, yeah. It, it just works so well together. Um, there's Joe Beam on the album, and, and, and that's a record. I mean, I don't speak um, Portuguese, but um, it's one that I've had on repeat because I just love it and love how you sound on it. Thank you. That's, that's my favorite one on the record, honestly. It's my favorite cut on the record, um, partially because we had a couple other old friends join us on the cut, Miles Okazaki and guitar and Kevin Winard on percussion, two dear old friends. Uh-huh. I like to keep stuff in the family, keep a lot of love on the bandstand, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that was fun. And, of course, we have strings on that one, too, which is always just a huge throw, you know what I mean? Especially the first time you hear them, you know, because yeah. we recorded the uh, the trio uh, live with uh-huh. vocals, did all of that live, then added the guitar and percussion, home recorded later, and then months months later, the strings went on in Nashville. So to finally hear it with those strings on, it was just the most thrilling moment, you know. Never it, gets old. It, it, it's amazing to hear you describe how it gets put together, I mean, because it, it all comes together. I mean, it's as if you're all in the same room, but I guess over the last year or so, um, you've had to make recordings like that, right? Yeah, we were lucky that we had me and the trio live. We considered ourselves very lucky to have that. You know, we were tested and quarantined and distancing and masked and everything we had to be doing to be safe. But then, you know, we were eliminating as much contact as possible. So it was no rehearsal. We recorded the entire album in two days. We did it at a home studio, um, not a public studio. Uh, You know, we took every precaution possible. And so, yeah, pandemic album. But, you know, most records are made that way now anyway. They're made in pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when when um, you, you look back at, at um, this remarkable career that, you, that you've had and that, that continues, um, as a kid, could you have imagined that you'd be doing what you're doing now? You know, I knew I wanted to be a singer. I knew I was going to sing. Like, nothing was going to stop me from singing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But... I certainly could not have imagined the path I would take. No, not at all. Yeah. Who could? <laughs> and and, and were, were there people who, who might have, say, dissuaded you from, from doing a, 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 going into a career like this? I mean, you obviously had a lot of support, but I'm, I'm sure there were people who said that, you know, this music even is, is not even, uh, uh, you know, won't last, perhaps. You know, to be completely honest, the only person who ever, ever tried to, you know, turn my head away from this path was one extra crappy science teacher that I had (laughs) in, what was it, maybe eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. I remember the guy's name. He he was, I mean, who tells an 11-year-old child that they can't have their dreams? You know what I mean? Like, come on. 
but everybody else around me, every music teacher, even my other teachers, because I was constantly having to, like, get out of classes sure. for rehearsals or, you know, do things like that. You know, I was so involved in the music department at my school, which was huge, and my teachers were very supportive of my involvement, my family, everybody. I mean, my parents paid for me to go to music school. You know, I my support and privilege um, were just something that I can't even wrap my head around. And I know all of that is why I'm here right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned that you've done a couple of gigs already. Um, mm -hmm. How do you see this, this, this turnout? I mean, what will the fall look like? What will it look like a year from now? Um, do you think we'll be back to, to say, uh, big audiences and rooms, you know, together? Or how do you see it all turn out, say? I, I sure hope so, but I just don't know. Um, it's so hard to say because everywhere I go, I see people resisting all of the guidelines that yeah. are keeping us healthy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going like, are we going to backslide here before things really get better? I'm a little concerned about that. After doing a bunch of traveling, you know, this past weekend, I had a gig in Scottsdale, and I flew for the first time in over a year. And I was just kind of really surprised at, you know, people's behavior and how just not careful anyone was being. So now I'm a little nervous, you know, after that experience that, like, oh, maybe, you know, things will get worse again before they get better. But ultimately, I have so much faith that I think we're going to have a huge renaissance of entertainment. I think people are desperate for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but by the way, you mentioned this, this uh, gig that you had this past weekend in Arizona. Was that with Billy Stritch? Yes, it was. Um, have you worked with him before? Yes, he's a dear, dear friend of mine. Yeah, I mean, there's somebody who's just, I mean, you know, I see that thing that he does online every week. It's a, a remarkable yeah, talent. Yeah, I watch every week. Yeah, just, I never miss it. <laughs> just a remarkable talent. What, what's it like being in the room with him again after um, all this time, say? Oh, my gosh. I mean, over everything, it was just so good to be with my friend, yeah. to hug my friend. It was wonderful because we're both vaccinated, so I gave him a hug. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and music was amazing, but it was just great to, like, be with my buddy again, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you working on another album now? No, not yet, um, uh, because this one just came out. Mm -hmm. So we haven't spoken about the next one yet. It'll probably be a few months before we start talking about it. Um, I'm talking to you from Vancouver, and, and you know, we have a, a, a local boy who, who did well. Uh, Made pretty big. Yeah, well, you, you worked with him early on, Michael Bublé. What was he? What was he like back then? Oh, he was the most charming, just entertaining everybody every moment of the day. Just adorable, fun person. Just a love, a total love. I haven't seen him since, but um, you know, we're both, you know, our lives are insane. But um, so I probably haven't seen him in like fifteen years. But uh, boy, did we have fun that day. We had a really good time. It's a charming music video. I, I had to look at it the other day. Um, I remember how enjoyable it was to watch then as it is now. Thanks. He was just goofing off the whole time. It was like really, <laughs> it was really fun. I was just laughing at him. Yeah. The whole video was him being silly and me laughing at him. It's just like that basic. It's great. Yeah. I, I've so enjoyed um, talking to you uh, today, Jane, and, and enjoyed this album a great deal. I, I hope it continues to do well. The reviews have been quite good, haven't they? They have. It's been really nice. Yeah. Well, let's we'll, we'll hope that there'll be another one soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Indeed. All the best. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. 
The website for more is at janemonheitonline.com. The album is called Come What May. It's from uh, Club 44 Records. Jane Monheit joined me on the line from Los Angeles, California. In Vancouver, I'm Joseph Plantum.